<laughs> Welcome back, inmates. It's matches again. And, you know, since I'm totally professional, I absolutely don't just have the episode template opened up still in the background. Alright. Um, this week's prompt was anything... I believe it was something about anything involving the seven deadly sins, lore preferable. And the trick with this one was that um, I had, I for, for years before joining the Scorch even, I believe, I had a, a lore reference document that I used for the fantasy setting that I've created that was about demons. And so I basically just created an updated version of that with just a little bit of a story context to put the learning of the of the lore into more of a an understandable setting <laughs> and yeah that's um that's base i still use this to this day when i continue when i have continued writing for this fantasy uh setting that i have spent so very long creating i still use this exact story as a reference document for the demons for the demon kings that i've created so yeah, this story was simply referred to as demonology. Yeah, so I'm just going to get right into it because I don't really have any excuse to waffle around at the beginning of this one. Merrick slammed the book he was reading shut in frustration and shoved away from him on the table, forcing a few things from the overly encumbered table to fall off on the opposite side. I don't see the point in demonology. You're training me to be a wizard, not a warlock, so I don't see the point in knowing about them, he huffed. His master, a grizzled old wizard named Elgrim, turned and eyed his apprentice. He walked back to the table, careful not to tip over or knock over any of the stacks of books and other objects that crowded the room, and sat down in the chair opposite of the frustrated young man. Tell me, how does it not make sense? Merrick took a deep breath. The whole seven deadly sins thing, you Tommy, doesn't even add up. For one, there are ten demon kings, ten demonic realms. What does seven have to do anything with any of it? He pointed accusingly at the book he had been reading, a book of demonology by a dark elf scholar. And then this book comes along and says, The demons twist us mortals as we twisted the demons so long ago. What could that possibly even mean? Elgrim's eyes narrowed slightly. I take it you weren't reading too closely. Skipped a chapter or two? Elgrim knew of Merrick's potential as a wizard. The boy had quite the knack for spellcasting. His weakness, however, was patience. Merrick sheepishly looked down at his hands. Well, it's just that I don't think I need to learn about demons, so I was trying to read it faster. Elgrim shook his head. To a wizard, knowledge is power, and you can't rush learning. So ask questions, and I will work to expand your understanding. Merrick let out an exasperated sigh. What was with the seven deadly sins? How does that have anything to do with demons? He leaned on the table. I mean, yeah, I get sins and demons and corruption and stuff, but... What's special about the seven deadly sins specifically? 
Algram took a moment to rifle through a few of the books piled on the table before finding the one he was looking for. A simple demon codex. He flipped through the pages briefly before putting the book in front of his apprentice and gesturing for him to read. Merrick sighed and obeyed. Relgriff is a demon king of many aspects. However, it cannot be argued that they represent hedonism and debauchery first and foremost. Relgriff's more positive aspects might be simple indulgence or enjoyment. But these more innocent aspects act as a trap for those who seek Relgriff. Warlocks who enter a pact with Relgriff will be consumed by their greatest desire, and when their soul falls inevitably into Relgriff's realm, they will be twisted until their new demonic form mirrors one of the seven deadliest sins, whichever one they were fully corrupted with in life. Merrick's eyes widened. He had skipped this book, and now he felt rather foolish that it seemed to answer most of his questions. That's where demons come from? Elgrim simply nodded. Why would anyone ever make a pact with a demon king when all it leads to is becoming a demon? That sounds like a terrible idea. Elgrim smiled approvingly. Well, it's quite simple, really. They seek power, and I suppose pact isn't the most correct term. More like payment. They give ownership of their soul, and very likely some number of sacrifices to a demon king, and in return, the demon king will place a small fraction of their own power within the warlock. This gives them the power they desire, but of course, it leads them to become corrupted with demonic thought processes. Merrick's eyes sparked with understanding. This lesson is to stop me from becoming a warlock by showing me how terrible it is. Elgrim simply nodded. I've seen far too many young mages seek to shortcut their way to power. Never again, Merrick, shall I be complacent in that regard. Merrick scratched his head. What demon could possibly have taken so many? You train wizards, the path of knowledge. Elgrim looked a bit disappointed in the moment as he truly realized just how much his student had skipped. He once again grabbed the demonic codex and flipped to a new page. For Merrick to read. Tungal Unthal Gurnal is the eldest being in the realms. He is a piece of whatever came before the known realities, a writhing, unknowable mass of tentacles and eyes. He is the demon king of knowledge, forbidden and otherwise. He is also madness, insanity. He is the embodiment of what it means to glimpse the unthinkable. Many seek him out to ask him a question, to gain knowledge. Most find themselves struck with madness. Is it because Tungal Unthal Grnal doesn't see a difference between knowledge and insanity? Or perhaps he truly answers the questions asked of him, and we are simply incapable of knowing the truth. Warlocks of the bringer of knowledge and insanity truly know all things, but their minds buckle and collapse under the weight of cosmic understanding. Merrick nodded sadly. Ah, I see. He sat in silence for a moment. Now about that, the demons twist us mortals as us mortals twisted them long ago business? Elgrim gave Merrick a withering stare for a long moment. 
He then simply tapped the demon codex. Finish your reading. For real this time. And the old wizard stood up to get back to whatever task he was attending to before the impromptu lesson. Fair enough, Merrick thought. So he set about reading the book and committing the horrors of the Demon Kings to his memory. Torzom, Demon King of Torture, bringer of suffering, drinker of pain, he who rends the flesh of the unfortunate. An executor cries not for killing another, but because they know who the criminal is being sent to. Torzom is punishment. Torzom is retribution. He may be seen as evil, but the souls of unclaimed evildoers will inevitably end up in his clutches to face penance for their wrongdoings. Pantrog, demon king of violence and slaughter, he who thirsts for blood, he who slays ten thousand sons, he who slaughters. Pantrog cares not for principles. Pantrog doesn't care why a battle is being fought. Pantrog only wants violence. He doesn't care who is spilling blood on the battlefield. He only cares that blood is being spilt. The more violent, the better. If Pantrog had his way, every battle would be fought until only one was left standing in a sea of carnage. Dormina. Demon Queen of Darkness, she who lurks in shadows, she who guides the knife to your back, the great sacred creeper. Patron of thieves and assassins, Dormina created the vampires. Dormina represents nightmares and anything malicious hiding in the dark. She is fear. Enteritus. Demon King of Disease, the Lord of Vile Rot, bringer of plagues and crafter of poisons, the inventor of venom. Everything rots, and Enteritus makes it so. Anything vile or putrescent is one of his many creations. He may spare one from dying of disease, but only to spread it farther. Bexor, demon king of monsters, the king of the carnivores, master of the wild hunt, the apex of beasts and survival. Bexor is the creator of survival of the fittest. Does he create monsters, or are most intelligent races just lower on the food chain than his beasts? To Bexor, Killing to survive is a necessity of life. Perdere, demon king of chaos and destruction. The grand change, the roar of collapse. He who lays waste and he who tramples order. Perdere craves change, not for improvement, but simply for the sake of change. If something is built, it must be torn down to make way for something new that also must be torn down. Stability is order, and it must be destroyed. Prevara, demon king of curses and lies. The first liar, he who hides the truth, the lord of spite and misfortune. The great inverter, the distorter of knowledge and ways. 
creator of shapeshifters. He tore the veil and is the reason undead walk the mortal realm. Pravara lies not to further some agenda, but to simply because he likes to. His followers that seek to undermine him are rewarded with favor, as treachery is what he seeks. Firna, queen of the blaze, mistress of fire, bringer of light and safety, but also death and consumption. She who hungers endlessly. Fire is a useful tool. It lets mortals survive in winter and craft great tools and weapons. But fire can be more dangerous than almost anything else. Fire can wipe whole cities or forests off the map. It can be used for creation, but more easily it is used for destruction. Fira is just as complex, benevolent and helpful at times, and a force of pure annihilation at others. Relgrif, demon king of hedonistic debauchery, they are what you desire. They bring envy, lust, gluttony, sloth, greed, pride, and wrath. They forever deny satisfaction and feed desire, for that is what they are. They have no true form. Relgrif changes with the desire of who they are communicating with. And that's what makes them dangerous. They exist only to feed eternal temptation. Tungal Unthalgarnal, demon king of knowledge and insanity. He who was last, but is also first. Eldest of beings. He knows all and yet knows only madness. The elder thing that has seen all, does he not know the difference between insanity and intelligence? Or since he knows all, is the truth that there is no difference? Can mortals simply not handle true knowledge? Or perhaps, at the end of the day, Tungal Unthalgarnal is just a mad god. Merrick kept reading, learning about the warlocks of the Demon Kings. Each one represents something different, and each one breeds a different type of corruption. Those who fall to Torzom are quite simple. The desire to bring pain to your enemies is a strong one, be that for revenge or simple hatred. Access to the Hellspawn, the lesser demon of Torzum's realm alone, makes a warlock under the Pact of Pain a dangerous and unpredictable foe. The desire to bring painful retribution to your foes, if not kept in check, will lead to whispers from the render of flesh. Pantrog has no warlocks. He is a warrior through and through having no use for those who cast spells instead of swinging a weapon. However, the Order of the Black Knights act as his dark paladins. They do not praise their god in prayer, they praise him by spilling blood. They gain no magical power from their dark god, but instead gain strength and martial prowess. Warriors who give into bloodthirst will inevitably fall victim to corruption by the Lord of Slaughter. Dormina has a few warlocks to her name, but mages that seek 
powers of silence in the night will come to her. Of much more concern are the Shadow Walkers, assassins that venerate and follow Dormina, given strange and deadly abilities that make them nearly undetectable. No one can hide from a Shadow Walker forever. No one. Interitus will often try to broker deals with healers. When a plague sweeps through a town or village, he will whisper to them, promising to lift his plague if they become a plague-bearer. Warlocks under the Pact of Rot are walking disease vectors. They themselves are immune to poison and disease, but it permeates their surroundings. To be near a plague-bearer is to breathe poison and feel your flesh fester. Many of them isolate themselves as they become walking clouds of death in order to spare loved ones from a terrible illness. Many of Bexor's warlocks, the Beastmasters, were once druids. Druids are already close to the demon king of monsters, being close to the beasts of the wild, after all. But to accept the Pact of the Beast is to welcome the spirit of the Apex Predator. To survive and prey on those perceived as weak is inevitable as the demonic corruption sets in. They can take on aspects of monsters, summon great beasts from Bexor's nether realm, and even control animals. Of course, those who give in fully to the carnivorous desires will become monsters. Just more nether beasts for Bexor to unleash. They also suffer from an affliction known as full moon fever. The full moon giving their animalistic side and bestial tendencies a stronger hold. Perdere is simple. Many countries train battle mages. Spellcasters taught only that magic is a force of destruction to be used on the battlefield. To be a battle mage is to be a walking siege weapon. And of course, if a battle mage desires to increase their destructive output, the Lord of Chaos is always willing to oblige. Unfortunately, the Pact of Chaos makes them unpredictable, unwilling, or perhaps unable, to consistently follow orders. Many warlocks of Perdere end up turning their newly acquired destructive power on their own allies as well as their enemies. Privara is an interesting case. Many of his warlocks, unsurprisingly, were lied to. They heard the whispers of Privara, giving them promises and illusions of grandeur. And then they enter the Pact of the Curse. They inevitably end up stabbed in the back. The exact wording of the deal twisted. Not necessarily to benefit Pravara, but simply because Pravara finds it funny to double-cross. His warlocks summon up hexes and curses as easily as breathing. Firna takes small pieces of her warlock's souls and feeds them to the eternal flame. She then replaces these small bits of missing soul with sparks from that very same eternal flame. The pyromancers are allies of fire, living wildfires that seek to burn the world, for Fierna hungers. 
Relgriff offers no specific boon, but those consumed with desire are weak to their whispers. They appear in the dreams of those susceptible to their corruption in any form the soon-to-be warlock desires. The warlock seeks power so they can more easily reach their goals, or perhaps they simply desire power itself. Warlocks under the pact of the sins will twist while they live, mutating because their lust to glut themselves upon their desires consumes their very being. Tungal Unthal Grnal is always seeking to share his knowledge. Many wizards who thirst for knowledge are weak to his offers. His followers refer to him as the Gracious One, because he will always answer any question asked. Of course, this inevitably leads to insanity. Whether mortals cannot truly comprehend his voice, or because what he says is too much for a mortal mind, the end result is the same. Warlocks under the Pact of Madness have the power of the universe at their fingertips, for they know all. However, their shattered minds generally prevent them from utilizing such power. What's up, inmates? This is Peishi. I hope you all had a lovely time listening to Safety Matches Scorch. I was the prompter and judge of this Scorch, so I have a couple things to say. First and foremost, I love the concept of the seven deadly sins. I have my own work on them. I just, uh, I adore it. So this is actually the second time that I had prompted seven deadly sins. Uh, this, the week that I had done before was 28, which we have not yet recorded, but look forward to that. Anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed all three of these scorches that I received. The one from Safety Matches, the one from Rev, and the one from Bones. And the ones from Rev and Bones will be available on our Patreon. I highly suggest you check them out because I had a great time with everything I got about the Seven Sins this week. But um, sometimes when I, the way that I judge when I have a series of good scorches that I genuinely liked all of them, which is normally how it goes, is sometimes by a process of elimination. So I'll look at the scorches and look for what I didn't like about each of them. And that's how I made a determination in this one as well, mostly, is that in Bones' Scorch, it was a good Scorch, but I didn't particularly enjoy the character of Sloth, which is kind of ironic because my favorite character in my Seven Hindley Sins is Sloth, but there you have it. Um, in Revs, it was great, and actually Revs, I think, connects to a larger universe that um, there are a couple other Scorches in, so that's exciting. But uh, there was a little bit too much of time travel and predestination stuff, which I don't love in a story. Uh, and then something that Safety Matches really had going for that Scorch was the lore, because I specified in the prompt that I wanted lore. And Safety Matches Scorch is honestly a huge lore drop, which is pretty much exactly what I wanted, so... I was very excited to read that. All in all, three great Scorches. Uh, much love to everyone who participated, and I hope you all enjoy. Thank you. Yeah, well, that was 
my story, and like I said, I, I still use that as a reference sheet when I'm writing for other uh, stories and characters. I, I'm pretty proud of this one, even though it's literally basically just a, a world-building reference sheet. That is my, that is my favorite thing. <laughs> um, my prompt for next week... Ha, joke's on you. I actually have to find it. While I'm scrolling through these, um, uh, how was your day? <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you doing alright? Alright, I found it. My prompt for this week was, I am the servant of every single fool. I want to cloud your mind. You'll never guess, but this is actually another song lyric. <laughs> In the song, um, Raptor by the band Exumer, one of the lines is I am the servant of every single fool I want to cloud your mind I'm vicious and I'm cruel I'm gonna be honest, I just didn't include basically the last half of that because I felt like it would make my prompt too long <laughs> but that's that's the origin that's, that's, that's the origin of my prompt for next week and you know I suppose I will I will move to wrap up my part in this episode. Um, also, I will say that for for my prompt for for my my work this week, I specifically asked who each and every person in the scorch. I asked who they would sell their soul to, and God willing, that is included in this episode. But I, <laughs> that would that would be like a little a little supplement that would be recorded. I'll see if I'll see if that can I'll see if that can happen for you. <laughs> um, most people chose Pantrog. That's something that I remembered. So whenever you're listening to the Scorch, remember that like half of them, like seventy percent of them, would gladly sell their soul to. A lord of, e of eternal slaughter. So, you know, that's... I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. <laughs> but... I, I have gotten to the part of the episode where I will... Shamelessly plug the other podcast I'm a part of. That is the pod slash cast. That is pod, P-O-D, slash, all caps, S-L-A-S-H cast where me and two of my closest dearest friends will watch horror movies sometimes recommended by each other sometimes picked from a a wheel of doom which i created through scrolling through various streaming services and seeing what caught my attention um it's pretty scuffed i don't recommend it if you don't have a pretty twisted sense of humor in general but if you if you, if that sounds interesting to you if you are a fellow a fellow horror connoisseur such as myself then i would love to see you participating in the comment section and polls of that other podcast but for now um i know for a fact that the scorch has an active patreon um Everyone else is, like, a way better writer than me, so they deserve your love and attention. 
And honestly, I don't even know if I have anything else to say. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a licensed professional, so I am just full on reading off of the template because I'm the coolest person. I might not be the best writer, but I'm the coolest person. Just keep that in mind, inmates. <laughs> but yeah, so um, uh, keep that fire burning, bros. Uh, keep, keep coming back. You'll see one of my stories eventually, I'm sure. Another one, that is. Especially if you pledge to the Patreon, where you get to read all of them, because I let 100% of my works go up. That's that's a that's a match's promise straight from the heart. Bye. Hey inmates, it's Bones with a quick announcement. Since matches mentioned us choosing which gods we'd sell our souls to, we decided to put our choices with various levels of reasoning as bonus content on the Patreon for all our currently one Spark level supporters. Shout out for our first Patreon. Anyway, if you're interested, go on and check it out. The Cellblock Scorch is a production of Stellacore, an independent group of nerds sharing their obsessions with the world. We can be reached at thestellacore at gmail.com through comments on your podcast platform of choice, our Instagram, Stella underscore core, and at our YouTube, also called Stellacore. Feel free to check out our other productions on our YouTube channel, our cosplays on Instagram, or if you would like to support our creative endeavors, check out our Patreon or donate to the Ko-Fi of the writer of your favorite Scorches.